Yeah. Uh. Hey yo. Alright, my mom had a nigga at the age of 15 Was forced to drop out of school to take care of a king She had a desire to sing and I admire these things At times a nigga feel guilty, I retired her dreams Imagine, sky's the limit, you mind your business Then you pregnant with a street nigga, baby The odds against us, but never mind Cause your son be living up an echelon They be talking about me from the barbershops to hair salon Real impact, something you never could fathom My first album went gold, I think my next one is Welcome to Give Me a Loot Podcast, the most dangerous podcast. What's up to all my looters out there? How's everyone doing? Man, that was Corday. Um, Shouts out to Corday. He's always putting in that work. He just released his little project. Um, I was really feeling it. I was, I really, I had like two tracks from it, but I thought it was good. Um, the one with Q-Tip. Um, I think it was this one, Thornton Street. I thought he was really, he's really getting better lyrically and I really appreciate somebody that's working on their craft. Um, anybody that has a craft, anybody that's working on something, they're getting better little by little, fixing things up. I really fuck with them for that. So, um, shouts out to uh, Corday. Um, damn, man, this week has been crazy. Um, you know how I was saying how, like, it'd be sirens and shit by my house, right? So the other day, it was sirens like crazy. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I was screaming out the window, like, yo, shut the fuck up. What is going on? This is crazy. Come to find out, a lady died. I guess somebody was committing suicide, and they jumped off the building, and they just hit her. Like, this freak fucking, and then the building wasn't even that big. So he's, like, really just smacked her. Like, she's gone. She died, and um, she was 20, 29 years old, man, very young, 29 years old, and... Uh, her birthday was on May May 2nd, so it'll be this weekend. And it's crazy because she was about to hit 30. So life just ended. You know, it just started for her, but it just ended also. And you just never know. You know what I'm saying? She was on a date with her uh, boyfriend, and they were walking across the street, and just it just happened. And it's so crazy because in my universe, I'm annoyed at the ambulance but they're going to go save her life. And you just, just the parallels in life is just, it's just ridiculous. So, um, you know what I mean? That's, that's just how just things just happen in life sometimes. Um, last week, man, last week episode, it wasn't that long. It was a short episode. You know, it was a lot to unpack. I think a lot of things were going on in this world, uh, you know, with the verdict coming out, uh, feeling like, you know, that was injustice. And then Makia Bryan being shot by police four times in Columbus, Ohio. And I just felt like Columbus just went through another shooting with uh, Casey Goodson Jr. And, you know, he was killed, you know, carrying a Subway sandwich or some shit like that. He was shot five times in his back uh, by a sheriff deputy in in Franklin County. It, you know, it just sucks. It, it really just sucks seeing life taken for granted that way and seeing no type of justice for it. I think those cases should get justice, but because, you know, they're circumstantial and, you know, it doesn't fall within this range. And we're going to unpack that later. I just think that, you know, it, it was a lot last week. It was really a lot. I felt like it was dragging me down. You know what I'm saying? Um, this week I do feel a lot better. You know, I started working out again, um, you know, Trying to pledge myself to get right, you know, to city opening back up. I got to look good. So 
Time for me to get right, get right. Um, you know, it was a lot just going on, a lot going on. Um, I will say shouts out to Soldier Boy. You know, Soldier Boy, he got a hit. I, w- I saw little challenges all over Instagram, and I really, I really like that. You know, I'm really happy for him. People like Soldier Boy, I'm really happy for, and it's because they, you know, he was just an icon in his youth, and um, not just an icon, but he was like a big artist at the time, and I think that led to him being an icon because he was one of the first people to do like social media and being a rapper or putting his video on YouTube and how many views it did and crank that. And, you know, I don't think a lot of things will happen without Soldier Boy and without those uh, experimental steps that he's taken uh, to put himself on the map, you know. So I, I really, uh, I really respect a lot of his things that he do. Um, I know we look at him as a joke and I think that's what it, I think that's one of the issues in our um, in our community when it comes to people and uh, the typecast or the box that we put them in like uh, Chance the Rapper. Nobody likes him because he loves his wife. You know what I'm saying? Like he's corny. He's considered the corny guy. And no matter what he does, that's cool. People won't buy into it because it's considered corny. Um, Bow Wow. Same thing, you know. Bawa is a guy who, you know, at 13 years old was doing numbers, and he was the first of his kind. And I know we had Romeo, but Romeo was nothing compared to Bawa. Bawa was the real thing, and he's like a joke. You know, people look at him as a joke, and I know he has done joke things such as being a wrestler or. Pretending to be on a private jet and shit like that. But he is a legend. And we got to give it up for people like that. We got to really represent for people like that. That, you know, they came in. They did what they had to do. They left a mark. And people came behind them, you know, replicating some of the things that they've done. And I think we should give them their flowers, you know. I mean, okay, maybe a legend is too much, but... Give him his recognition. Give Soldier Boy his recognition because without those guys, a lot of the trends that we do now today wouldn't exist because it was so early back then in, in our development. You got to understand, for some people, hip-hop is born within their lifetime. Like They remember before hip-hop was here. So a lot of the things that people do or say or whatever it's a new it's a new music it's a new style so a lot of the things you could be a first in a lot of things so um yeah so i, I want to say shout out to uh soldier boy for having a new hit um she make it clap you know i noticed how uh tiktok you know make a lot of those tracks really big man tiktok does a lot for the tracks it it seriously make it big like I guess if you get it like a dance or whatever the case may be you can make a song big you know what it is I think with the clubs being closed and a lot of music not being broken I think TikTok was a great place for that because if you got a song you put a track to it next thing you know the shit fucking sells so um I'm you know you just think about it like that and you just uh, have to say that, like, is this the future, you know? Do artists, yeah, artists got to get on TikTok. Yeah, they got to start dancing and shit. Or if you see a trend on TikTok, they got to promote that shit. You know what I'm saying? They got to promote normal people dancing to their shit. And I think that's going to make the song more and more famous. So 
Um, shouts out to him. Uh, I was just looking on Twitter and I saw that J. Cole should be dropping an album in the next two weeks. So uh, I think one of the people from the camp, from the Dreamville camp, had put that out, had a picture of Cole um, writing music or whatever the case may be. And they said, yo, project is dropping in two weeks. So I think that's official. Um you know, if it's coming from Dreamville, the camp itself, it should be official, uh, the comeback season. And I look forward to that because, you know, that's the mixtape that's supposed to be coming out. So I'm hyped for it. I'm here for it. I look forward to that and I'm waiting for it. So um, DJ Cali, he did release his track list. Uh, I thought the track list was pretty, pretty cool. It had Lil Wayne on it, Lil Baby, Her, Bougie Bonton, A Boogie, Drake, Jay-Z, Bryson Tiller, um, I hope I'm not missing anybody, Bounty Killer. So he he really came for people head on this one. I look forward to it. I hope that the songs are good. I know the last real songs that he had, I think it was the summer of 2019. Summer of 2019 was his last album, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I look, you know, I, I really fuck with Khaled, man. I, you know what it is? Uh, DJ Khaled. He worked his way up from radio, then being a DJ on the DJ scene, selling mixtapes out of his car, and just became the person where he is today. So I really support him. I support anybody that's getting out the mud, like somebody like DJ Khaled. So I really res- I really respect what they got to say and things like that. So, man, shouts out to him, and I look forward to it. Um, Kevin Hart. So Kevin Hart, he had started his new podcast. Now, I knew the podcast was supposed to come out, right? And I think it was another name, but I think him and Schultz had like a real issue, I guess, with the names. And he had changed his name. So I guess the new name is called uh, Comedy Goldmine, which I thought was genius. I think that's a genius fucking name. Um, And this is where he picked the brains of comedic legends and things like that. So I look forward to... um, I'm going to get really deep into it. I, I know he had uh, Seinfeld on, Steve Harvey, Earthquake, Cedric the Entertainer. So he he's really going into the uh, the legends bag and, and really conversing with them and, you know, creating content that way. So I look forward to um, listening to it. I, I really I want to get deep into it. Uh, it started in January. I think with Seinfeld and then picked back up in April for sure. Um, I don't know whether he was collecting the episodes or whatever the case may be, constantly working on it. The man is busy. And I understand that. Um, Kevin Hart is the most busiest man alive. When it comes to being busy, that is someone that I inspire or aspire to be. Um, he inspired me. And... I want to do that. You know, I want to be, I want to work hard like that and put in the work and get good results out. And I think Kevin Hart is the type of person that's like that. I mean, I thought for a second, like I knew that. So this podcast is with series uh, XM. Um, but I know he had a deal with audible and he was supposed to be putting out scripted content and shit like that. So I look forward to it. Um, the scripted content shit, I think that's kind of fly too. I'm thinking about doing something else. Um, not starting. I'm not, I don't want to start another podcast, but I'm thinking about doing some type of content special um, for the audio space as well as something 
uh, for animation. I, you know, I got a lot of ideas that I'm I'm really working on. I'm really trying to foster in and just continue to do it. Um, if you did subscribe to the YouTube uh, page, I got. Um, we haven't really started putting up videos yet, but I definitely did like the whole lo-fi. I got the lo-fi doing there. If you want to listen to lo-fi music, you go kick it on the pod uh, page on YouTube and stuff like that. But it's it's a lot of stuff I want to do. I want to work on and really get in my bag artistically and put some shit out. So I, I really fucks with Kev Hart, with Kevin Hart, what he's doing, and um, I could, you know, I'm really going to tune into it. I already subscribed to it. So I just wanted to put y'all on game, you know what I'm saying? Let y'all know, let y'all hear different things. Um, a lot of the comedian, a lot of the comedians are, you know, getting into the pod spaces because um, a lot of the clubs are closed due to COVID and things like that. And they, I think they still have to work, they still have to stay relevant and shit like that. So that's a that's a reason why a lot of them are getting into the pod space. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's not. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I just know that that's the reason why and uh, shit like that. Um, I was watching the Oscars, right? So the Oscars, I had caught up on it. I, I was real busy. I was writing a paper and shit. But the Oscar uh, viewership, they said it went down. It was like less than 10 million. And it, it never been like that. I mean, it went down even from last year. And last year, they said it was down. Um, I don't know whether the Oscar viewers... Are they, they're counting the streams or or Facebook or I, I don't know if they're counting everything, but I think that um, only counting the method of TV, it doesn't work in today's age. I mean, people are watching it from different devices. You have black market device where they're just picking up VPNs and streaming it and shit like that. So I don't know where they're getting their numbers from, but, you know, they said it's only 10 million. Um, I know people on YouTube with more views than that. Um <laughs> You know, I don't know. I, I but then when it comes to the YouTube thing, or uh, I don't, I don't really feel like it. It pays out, right? I think my man had posted that uh, on Spotify that a one million views is only four thousand dollars on Spotify, and I'm like, yeah, man, that's not a place for the a creator, like. But it's the biggest fucking market, and you know, so on and so on. Um, I think title is the best place for artists. But a lot of people can't get on title. Like, you need to be vetted and verified to be on title. Like, nobody can just fucking put a random song on title. Um, yeah, and and the reason why is because a million views on title is $12,000. So it's like fucking is more than half of what you're going to make on fucking Spotify. But Spotify let anybody put music on their fucking platform. So that's the difference. Um yeah, but as for the Oscars, man, the Oscars viewership have went down. Um, I don't know why the Oscars viewership went down. I'm guessing people aren't into legacy award shows anymore. People people are losing interest in it. Uh, I think with the Oscars So White campaign of 2016, the original Oscars So White, and then they had another one after that. I think that was what twenty nineteen. Um, I think people are losing interest in it, you know. And then they had last year the whole discrepancy with the women, uh, the women directors not being uh, nominated. Um, a lot of people who were nice last year, like Uncut Gems, 
uh, Adam Sandler not being nominated is it's a lot of bullshit in politics when it comes down to it, and I think it turns people off. I think I think that uh, a lot of the times you can't make everyone win, so that's the issue, and um, the fact that people are turned off by a lot of the categories and. It not being diverse or isn't you know it's not having the right type of people and then last year right so right that was the issue right it wasn't diverse but then the uh korean um movie i can't remember off the top of my head right now wins six fucking awards almost in every fucking category like what type of bullshit is that when you got quentin tarantino there you got you got um martin scorsese there like what type of shit is that like how you gonna pull that stunt yes that could be the best foreign movie or that could be the best screenplay. Whatever the case may be, you want to do. You want to give him one or two, but not every fucking category. And I get it. He's the only minority here. That is not his fault that you guys decide to fucking put all white people at, on the on the ballot to be nominated. That's not his fucking fault. And being that it's not his fault, he shouldn't win everything too. And I know people had an issue with me saying that and I was getting attacked by like half a fucking South Korea, but I don't give a fuck. It is what it is. I don't think that he deserved all those fucking awards and I think it was just really performative and I think that's why people don't care this year. Like, why am I tuning in for this and you're not going to be objective? I, you know, I really don't get it. And like, like for instance, right? And this is my issue with it. Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield should have been part of the best, you know, the best actor. He should have been best actor. Not best supporting male actor. None of that. Best actor. Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Did this share were, were his character and Daniel Kaluuya character, character both equally important to the movie yes did one work off the other yes but the movie was about betrayal last time i checked fred hampton was killed at 21 he didn't betray anybody they betrayed him so this is what i want this is what i'm trying to get y'all to understand he should have never been in the same category as daniel kaluuya he should have never been in the and shout out to daniel kaluuya too first black uh brit to uh, win the Academy Award Shouts out to him man I, I really fuck with him um, But I don't think he should have been in the same category As Lakeith Stanfield They were both in the same movie How can two people be a supporting fucking actor I get it You want to have uh, diversity within the fucking picks Or whatever the case may be But no He should have went up there And then I think Lakeith should have had every right To compete against Chadwick Boseman uh, And um Sir Anthony Hopkins. I think that he had every right to compete against those two. And cause his performance was good. And I feel like I feel like they they they, they really fucked up on that one. And when it comes to the whole, you know, Chadwick uh situation, um with Sir Anthony Hopkins, I think that and and this might this might people might call me out for this, right? They might nah nah nah. Actually, didn't keep it real, but I think they should have gave it to Chadwick. And the reason why is because guess what? You give him this one fucking award. There's never going to be another award after it. This was his last fucking movie. Give him an award and leave it alone. If Sir Anthony Hopkins died next fucking week, well, fuck it, we fucked up. But I I think that they should have gave Chadwick Boseman. 
the um the fucking award you know i i, re- I really um i really think that and i think that they really messed up and they missed that because he can't come back and that's it just give him just give him the award and say you know we thank you because at the end of the day that man was on his deathbed and he was he he did that movie and i don't give a fuck sir anthony or not i don't give a fuck that man did that on his death fucking bed. He put on a show for that movie. So no, and he and that was a, that was a second movie. He was a, he was able to do two movies in one year, and he was getting sick and he was going downhill. No, give him that fucking movie. And I know I'm about being objective, and I know I'm about being real, but I gotta say this. Guess what? We give it to him now. We'll never have to give it to him again because he's dead. Simple as that. Any other time we try to be symbolic and we try to give awards out and we try to do everything for everybody, suck on a little dick every other time. But this time where it really fucking matters, everyone act like they can't give him an award. It's, it's fucking crazy. And the way they ended it was on some bullshit. They just ended it, went to a commercial. Like, come on. Like, come on. That, that And then you come back out with a statement saying, oh, it was on purpose because, you know, we didn't fucking... Um, because we knew people would feel like he got snubbed. Also, you want to pussyfoot out of the whole award show. Look, listen, if you're going to waste people's time, just say that. Just say, hey, we we just came here to waste your time. So that way, next year, no one really fucking watches. So that's how I look at the, uh, the viewership and the Oscar. And I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of trends like that in the next few years. You're going to see the Grammys going down, the Oscars going down. You're going to see a lot. The, the Golden Globes, all of them. You're gonna see all of them go down because why people have their own people have their own stars nowadays, you know? Everyone's famous within your circle that you're in. Everyone is famous. And you know, it that's that's just where the game is at right now. I don't think I don't think they control the cool anymore. And they're losing control of that. And I guess that's why they're trying to keep up with these social media things, the um every like Every fucking speech has some type of social awareness to it. Like, come on. No, we're here to watch you talk about your movie. Talk about the film world. I'm not saying that you can't be culturally conscious and um, read the script at the same time. But what I'm saying is sometimes people watch you guys and we want to thank you guys because you gave us that sense of escape. And if you're going to get on the fucking stage and talk about what's going on in the world right now, eh. It's not really entertaining. And it's kind of bringing me back to the whole thing with LeBron. Either you're going to be an athlete or you're going to be an activist. You got to pick one. And, you know, I just kept it real. And, you know, a lot of people I saw throughout, like, YouTube and stuff like that, a lot of people share my same sentiment. That, no, LeBron is a great guy. He built a school. He did a lot of things. But sometimes not every fight is your fight. Sometimes you just got to, you know, let things be and, and let the facts come in. Let people like me post pictures and say you're next. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. I know you have the you have the voice and you have the outreach to do that. But at the same time, you don't have all the facts. So we need to protect you by having you put out good messaging and having you put out good things that, you know, kind of alleviate. And when we ready for you to come out and speak up against issues then you speak up against them. Simple as that. And, I, and people might disagree, but like, yo, we don't own him. But at the same time, yeah, we do. We make him who he is. Just like we make anything else in this world. 
We give meaning behind a lot of things. You think money is real? Money is not real. Money is only real to whatever we want it to be real to. That's it. If we put the mirror to money and we say, hey, money, you're worth something, then that money becomes worth something. If we say that word money is worth nothing, well, guess what? They got to find a new way to uh, distribute currency then because it's not worth anything. And that's and that's kind of the, the premise of life, you know, doing things and finding things what's important to you. And that's all that really fucking matters. So, um, yeah, when it comes to the Oscars, we're going to see this more and more um, that the viewership will go down. And it's because people have their own they have their own reality, you know, people have their own shit that they're looking at. People have their own things that they're into and they don't need. The masses telling us what, what to watch. You don't need them telling us what's what's cool or who's famous. Nah, we'll tell you who's famous. Fucking fake famous people pop up every fucking week. You become a meme while you just enter fame. Just like that. And you're going to eat off that shit. It's just the way it is. So, um, shouts out to Two Distant Strangers, man. That was a movie about... Uh, it's a unique, unique, unique movie. Um... I really fuck with it. It's on Netflix. It's a short film. It's only 32 minutes. So if you haven't seen it, please go see it. Um, it's starring Joey Badass and um, Andrew Howard. And it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, man. It, it won uh, Best Live Action Short Film. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people... They had a they had a lot of good producers on there. They have Kevin Durant, Mike Conley as uh as the executive producers, um Lawrence Brenner, um Puffy, Terrence J from 106 and Park. So a lot of people were producing the uh the movie. It was directed by uh Trayvon Free. Um just a great film and um please go check that out. It, you know, it explores the depth of things that are going on in this country when it comes to, um, I guess, police brutality. And uh, it's, 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 I think it's, it's really, I think it's really uh, interesting film and it's 32 minutes. So it's not that long. And, uh, and if you, you are into the film world and you want to do it short, that's how you should do it. Something like that and really take notes from it. So, um, yeah, shouts out to them, man. They won their first Oscar. And I thought that was a great job and I thought that was a great thing. And I know that they're excited about it. I know uh, Trayvon is excited about it and things like that. I know he started off as a uh, as a writer for, for the Daily Show on Comedy Central. Um, I'm trying to think where I know him from. Where else I know him from. I'm not sure. He, he, you know, he wrote a lot. He he wrote a lot of stuff, and he's been, you know, in the writer room a lot when it comes to stuff. So, um, yeah, man. So, shouts out to him. Um, this weekend was a UFC, right? So UFC uh, two six one was this weekend. Um, I'm really not going to impact this episode. Probably next episode we're going to really unpack a few things about it. Um, one thing I will say about the UFC event is that it was packed. It was fucking packed. And 
it was, I think this is the first time, you know, we really seen that on national TV that a place was packed and no one gave a fuck about COVID. Not to say that they wasn't tested. I got to talk to my man, Bobby, about that. I'm going to hit up Bobby and ask him, but they they said it was packed. It was packed. It, I mean, it looked packed. It looked, it looked like 2020 before COVID, so... Um, uh, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited looking at that. I don't know, man. Maybe the end is near, and you know that's what I took from the whole thing. Um, it was a great fight. It was entertaining, very entertaining. Um, you know, it just brings me to this whole push for people to be vaccinated. You know, if you turn on the news, you see they're pushing everybody to be vaccinated, and I don't know if it's okay. I don't know if this is a good thing. I really don't know. Um, with them being vaccinated, like for instance, right, they're targeting all age groups. If you're old, they're going to tell you, hey, you need to get vaccinated or you can't see your family. If you're young, if you're in college, they're going to say, hey, you can't come back to school unless you get vaccinated. Um, they're trying to make, oh, if if you want to go to a sports game, hey, we give them free vaccination shots at the sports game. Um a lot of things, man. A lot, a lot, a lot of fucking things. What they're doing right now to make people uh, get vaccinated—that's what scares me. Um, Biden's really pushing for this, and I think you should let people feel excited about it. Let people build up that momentum and want to get it done. Let people feel like they're doing the justice. Stop pushing this shit on people, man. Stop pushing it because one, it's not FDA approved. It's not. It's only FDA approved for emergency use. It's not fully FDA approved. So stop pushing it on people because it's not safe. It's not safe. It's not all the way safe. And it's one of those things where you use at your own risk. So if you feel like, hey, this is good. This is great. There's enough science then get it. I support you. But if you feel like you're not ready for it, I fully understand. You know what I'm saying? Stop telling people that they have to get it. That's why the numbers are declining. The numbers are declining because they're looking at Johnson Johnson and they're saying to themselves, wow, do we really want to get a blood clot and die? People are really questioning themselves that. And by you acting like, oh, it's no big deal. Just get it anyway. You're part of the problem. And I don't think he understands that. I don't think that he fucking get that. You can't force people to get the vaccine. And they're really targeting every fucking age group. They're targeting them, man. Like, at first it was about, you know, oh, you know. Don't be selfish Let the old people get it So now that everybody got it And I think one of the other issues That they have is that People aren't coming back For the second dose So people are walking away with it Which is is I think is 84% If you get the uh, first dose It's 84% uh, effective But if you get the second You add a 96 to a 94% effective rate um, But people aren't coming back To get the second shot And the issue is I, I don't think people People are excited because some people say they feel sick after the second shot. I don't really fucking know. Um, it, it's just a lot, man. It's just a lot. Make F, make sure the FDA make it fucking, you know, approved. And once they make it approved, I think more people want to get it because guess what? If it fucks them up, they can sue you. And I think that's the issue. I can't sue you. So. Because I, obviously it's not approved. So I'm only taking that emergency purposes. And if I don't feel like I'm in an emergency, I don't feel like I have to take it. And I think that's a value. I think that's a valuable reason 
or I think that's a, a great reason on why people shouldn't have to take it. Um, you know, it's just been too many lies, you know, uh, especially when it comes to a person like me who I'm, I'm a black man. I, I, they have lied for so many years about different vaccines and stuff like that that have made us sterile. When when you talk about the Tuskegee uh, experiments and stuff like that, I mean, they have lied so much that I, I really I'm not feeling it. Don't tell me that I'm doing my part. No, I'm not. I'm not. Nah, fucking make that shit FDA approved and then I get the vaccine. Simple as that. That's how I look at it. If you look at a country like India right now, they're doing mass cremation in India. Now, that's because of religious reasons why they do cremation, but they're fucking burning everything. Bodies is burning like fucking crazy. People are dying. They don't have no fucking ventilators there. And yet we got a country here in America who don't want to use fucking vaccines. So what does that tell you? And not only that, our vice president is fucking Indian. And she's black on Tuesdays. On certain days, she's black. So in the days she's Indian, she don't even she haven't even mentioned what they're going through out there. It's just fucking crazy that COVID is really kicking their ass and nobody's not really saying anything about it. So when it comes down to the vaccine, stop forcing people to get it. Do the right thing. Make sure we put in science behind it. I mean, the CDC just said that, oh, now you can wear your, you can unmask while you're outside or if you were in a situation where you're with people with who's been inoculated or whatever the case may be. Look, listen, we've been through that. Y'all guys don't, y'all guys trying to force people and that's why the governor Newsom in California is being kicked out. That's why they want fucking, um, what's that hard nipple guy? Oh yeah, Como. Governor fucking Como, they want his ass out. Um, this this is why it's happening. Because why? This country's fucked up. You can't try to save people up to a point and then turn around and be like, ah, oh, I'm your friend. No, nah, it don't work like that. Too many people are out of jobs. It don't work like that. So Biden had um he, he had his little thing um Wednesday night with Congress and I guess he put a lot of stuff out and he proposed um, maybe today we'll get more of the news on what Biden wanted to put out. Um, so Biden, he had um, sent an eight year proposed plan um, for spending the one point eight trillion. And this is some of the things that he's going to spend the money on, I guess. He said he's going to put two hundred and twenty five billion child care funding. $225 billion pay family and medical leave, $200 billion free universal pre-K, $200 billion in permanent extend uh, Obamacare insurance uh, subsidies, $109 billion for two years of free community college, $45 billion in nutrient-related spending. Um... Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know if this all going to work. He said that he wants to raise uh, for some people the minimum wage up to $15 an hour. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else off the top of my head. Uh, he said that instead of, um, you know, I, you know how they wanted the $50,000 excuse for uh, student loans. He said he'll only wave up to 10000 and he'll he'll leave the rest up to Congress. Um, look, listen, man. I'm telling y'all right now. This is what's gonna happen. They're trying to cripple 
people from spending their own stuff, right? Having their own stuff. They're trying to cripple everyone. Um, Where is this money coming from? Where is this money coming from? They're printing it. When they're printing it, it's causing inflation. Inflation causes the interest rates on housing and things like that to go up. Just as simple. Taxes is going to go higher. Where Who's paying for this? If minimum wage goes up to $15, right? Universal, uh, federal minimum wage goes up to $15 an hour, right? That's just the minimum. That's not going to help anybody. That's not going to... That's just the minimum. Yeah, for the first year, I guess you'll be living above... Above, you know, the mark, the poverty line. But what happens when everything starts going up? That $15 an hour become equivalent to $7 an hour. The same amount it is right now. It, You have to be smart. You can't just throw money out there and hope that it works. Yeah, you want... $109 billion for two years of free community college. So who's getting that money? The schools? The shareholders? Who Who's getting all of that money? How does it help people? So... So what happens when everyone, so everyone's going to, so basically community college is going to become the next high school, right? Is that what it is? Everyone can just go for free and that's fine, right? But what happens when jobs start requiring it? What happens to the people who don't have it? Or what happens when jobs say, hey, nah, that's not enough, man. We need more than that now. We live in a time where an associate's degree and experience can get you the same equivalent as somebody with no experience with a with a bachelor's. That's a that's the time we're living in. But what happens when everyone has associates? I don't know, man. I don't know if this is a good idea. Who's paying for all of this? Who's paying for this? Is everything going to go up? Is food going to go up? Are we going to go, are we going to start living in a socialist economy? Where we rely on the government to push us and help us through? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that, I think that this is putting a band-aid on an issue that doesn't need a band-aid. This issue needs to be fixed. The income gap needs to be fixed. The fact that this country has fallen apart, it needs to be fixed. Throwing billions of dollars at it is not going to help it. Free community college. How about free programs? Free trades? Stuff that actually poor people can actually use. How about internships? How about getting all the computer uh, 
science graduates from HBCUs to go intern at Google and places like that. Let's really start pumping money into the black and brown community. Not just handing us fucking band-aids to put over the issue. Trigger real change. And that's the issue with this world. We don't, we're not triggering actual change. Feasible change that's going to take us to the next level. No, we just settling for the numbers. I don't know if this is a smart idea. Two hundred billion for a free universal pre-K. What's the numbers on how many people are having kids that are in that age bracket? Are we having too many kids? Are we having a baby boom? What's the numbers and how they compare to the generations before? I don't know. Why can't the people who need the pre-K, the free pre-K, why can't they apply for it? Instead of making it all free. The point of what I'm getting at, I don't I'm not against poor people having fucking programs and things like that to help them out. I'm not against that. But what I'm against is a system being hooked up to the government's ventilator. And being an assist to live. Our system shouldn't be hooked up to the government. We should be able to live without the government. And that's my issue with this. Child care funding. $225 billion in child care funding. And then another $200 billion for free universal pre-K. Why can't it be just one account? Why can't that $200 billion go to cure homelessness? Like I said, man, I don't got the answers, man. I just I just really assess the problems and, and really ask the questions. Are we truly doing enough? That's what I have to... I have to dig deep and answer that question. It's just really sad. What about all those things that Biden promised all the brown people? All of that shit during his campaign. What what happened to all of that? There's a crisis in the border right now and no one's not saying anything. They say Kamal's working on it, but I haven't seen anything. You got people trying to get in the country from El Salvador they walking through Mexico, coming all the way up to the border with Biden t-shirts on and shit. What's truly next? I don't know. Yo, let's switch gears. So the other day, right, Dr. Umar had came to the Breakfast Club. And like always, Dr. Umar is always fun to listen to. Um... Yeah, so he had came, and he pretty much, you know, stated, you know, he got in a big, kind of like a big argument with DJ Envy, right, about the Makia Bryan situation. Um, I'm going to play the clip for you guys, and then we're going to unpack it afterwards, all right? So... 
the situation with the sister who got shot the five times. Now let's four, talk about that. Makaya Bryant in Ohio. Makaya Bryant. Yeah. They're claiming, and she the one who called the police. Mm-hmm. They're claiming that the police had a right to shoot her. Even coons, Negroes are running around saying, well, she had a knife. So that justifies her being killed? Because I work in school, Charlemagne. I have seen lunchroom aides dis- with no police training, mm-hmm. no bulletproof vest, no nightproof vest, no gun in their pocket. I have seen elderly black women and elderly black men take knives and other weapons out of the hands of students during lunchroom riots. So you mean to tell me that a 60, 70-year-old man can disarm a teenager in a lunchroom, but a trained armed police with a bulletproof vest can't get a knife out of the hand of a 16-year-old, but yet and still you have white males who are conducting mass murders all across this country almost every other week. We're getting a mass murder in America, and almost every one of these fully armed, fully violent, murderous white men were apprehended by the police without being shot and without losing their life. So explain to me how a white man with an AK-47 can be taken without a police officer firing a bullet after he'd murdered six, seven, eight people, but a 16-year-old girl with a butter knife cannot be apprehended without a bullet being shot. That is nonsense. They killed her because they knew they would get away with it. I'm not going to lie. I must be a coon because I I don't agree with you on this one, and I'm going to tell you why. I, now, agree I do with you. agree with you. I do agree with you. Those people that walk, walk around with them assault rifles and those and those white boys that they run around that don't get shot, they should get shot immediately. You come out with a gun, should lay your ass down. Not even a question asked. Yes. But this situation, my only thing is this: when the police pulled up, now you're talking to somebody whose father's a retired cop, right? Yes, sir. And when that cop pulled up, he doesn't know friend or foe. He doesn't know who called the police, right? Okay. He, he does not know. He does, it, it wasn't understood, like a sign. Of, hey, I called the police. Understood. They got a, they got a call. Hey, I, I'm my, my, uh, I'm getting jumped. Somebody has a weapon, right? Okay. Comes out that call. He he puts his hand out. First thing he says is, "You see that girl running towards the other girl with the knife up." Okay. Right? Police can use deadly weapon to two things: to defend himself and defend another person. Okay. He fired his firearm, stopping that girl from getting shot. Now people could say four times, five times was a lot. That was a lot of shots. You could take that any which way you were. Yes. But his whole thing was to disarm that girl. And at first I was upset. Why the fuck they shooting that woman? But then I had to sit back and said, let's say that was my daughter sitting on the back of that car and somebody was coming at her aggressively with a knife. She wasn't uh-huh. defending herself. It wasn't like she was defending. She was coming aggressively for that other girl. Well, she was That's defending cool. herself, though. I mean, you can't do that. Right, I mean, they, they came. Jumped. Had, they jumped her before, and they came to her right, house. That was her property. At this point, right here, when I, I'm telling you what the cops seen, mm-hmm. the cop didn't see the fight. Okay. The cop okay. only seen was the girl being aggressive to the other girl. That's all he seen. Okay. So at that point. If I'm the father and that's my daughter, I would want to make sure my daughter didn't get stabbed. Okay. And that was the only reason I said I understand why that cop did that. But she shouldn't be dead. Four times is excessive. There was other ways I think that cop could have intervened without killing that girl. But that goes into training. Cops are trained to kill. Let me give you a follow up. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If you are the police. Correct. DJ Envy is the police officer. You get out the car. You saw the exact same set of circumstances. Do you shoot her five times? Why or why not? I am not going to shoot her five times. Why? Honestly? Yes. Because this is my community and I know what happens in the community. I understand the fight. In other words, you value her life. 
Right, but I'm gonna exactly. say exactly. And, and, and this is and gonna be a little. He took her life too, because he why. did not value it. Right. Let me I ask you another at, question, Envy. If she was a white girl with that same knife, does she get shot five times? If I'm a police officer, that white if that. Well, not you, with the white, going back to the white officer. If the girl with the knife was a white girl and that was a white neighborhood, does she get shot at all by that same cop? gun never even comes out. I would hope so. She's aggressive. No, no, no. I didn't ask you what you hope. I didn't ask you what you hope. Does I don't know. I'm not a You know it wouldn't, Envy. I don't know. I'm not a psychic. Envy, you know it. You know she wouldn't. Envy, you know she wouldn't have got shot if she was white. I would hope so. If anybody is aggressively going at somebody with a knife, I would hope that they Envy, be shot. How many vid- yo, they got a video of a of a white guy stabbing a cop in the neck. The cop goes, oh, I'm stabbed in the neck. He pulls out his gun, chases the guy, stops in the middle of the chase to pull out his taser to tase the white Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Come on. The point that I'm trying to make that Envy, guy immediately too. And you said what? it yourself, Envy. You said they're trained where they can shoot. They're not required to shoot. In other words, police are expected to exercise discretion like any other professional. He made a decision. And when you look at the video, I didn't hear him say stop. I didn't hear him say drop it. If I'm not mistaken. He did. He did. He did. He did do that. He did do that. He did? Yeah, he did. Because I didn't see it on air. He did. 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 And she said, I'm going to stab the fuck out of you. So, like I'm saying. So, why you ain't shoot her in the leg? In that case, you know, you're right, but they're not trained to do that. Like, it, it seems something. It's a big If she than was white, she would not have been I shot at all. So you can't blame it on the training, Envy. This was racism. I posted a video yesterday. This was racism. I posted a video yesterday of a white man. the question. If she didn't shoot her, uh-huh. and that girl would have stabbed that girl and killed that girl, what would everybody would have said? The cop didn't do anything. I'm going to argue that it would have been impossible for her to kill the girl because the police, who are athletically fit, could have engaged her in less than five seconds. He could have tackled her. He, he could have tased her. Hit her with rubber bullets. She would have been stabbed by this. She was already in motion. She- I think both of them have great points. Um, Umar. Oh, Lord, Omar. I think we are confused, you know. I think we are confused. And I think it's two different fights going on. And... In order for real change to happen, we have to figure them out. And I think we're trying to solve both of them at the same time. We're trying to fight and combat excessive force, right? Which is these situations where police are forced to shoot where they're not. And a lot of the times when this happened, especially within the black community, People are split up. They're torn. One group is saying, hey, we ain't fucking with this. This is crazy. Stop killing us. And the other group is like, well, you know, this is all situational. It's two different groups. When it happened, I mean, you should have seen the comments. People were divided. Some people were like, yo, the cop did what he had to do. Girl had a she had a knife. If that was my daughter, I would want the cop to kill her. And the other half of the group was like, nah, this is unacceptable. They could have used a a better tactic. Like I said, it's two different groups. It's the fight against systematic racism within the police force, within the police in the community, 
where police are being racist and they're 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 judging and they're being aggressive based on the person's skin tone. And then there's the fight against excessive force where the police isn't racist and they just feel like they have to use force every time when they're dealing with a black person. It's two different fights. There's two separate fights. Both police brutality, but there's two separate fights. And I think we have to really look at it. We have to really judge it. And we have to get to a point where we having these conversations. That clip went viral. And on Twitter, everybody was saying how envy is canceled. How envy is part of the problem. But the truth is, envy just have his own opinion. And just because he had, a person have their own separate opinion that's different than you, that don't make them wrong. I think conversations like this need to be had. I think if people disagree with each other, hey, tell me why you disagree. Tell me why. Maybe there's something in which you're saying I understand. I could connect with you better than me listening to a stranger. The day it happened, I was upset. I was really upset. I couldn't understand how someone could get out their car and just start blasting. Like, that's crazy. I couldn't believe it. But at the same time, my man from Phoenix, cool dude, he he got on my comments and he was like, now you ain't you might not like this ex, but I think otherwise. And he agreed that the cop. You know, he only seen that situation and that she was the aggressor. So I couldn't believe it. But when my man, he explained it to me, I was like, oh, okay. I still don't agree with your opinion, but I respect what you have to say. And I think that's what we got to get to a place of. Yeah, Envy has a different opinion, but that don't make him a coon. That's just crazy. His opinion is valid. And he was raised by a cop's, you know, he was raised in a cop family. Where his parents and his dad, they talked about these things. They had these conversations. A lot of people aren't raised like that. A lot of people aren't, you know, taught those things. And I think Umar is coming from a place of, you know, of of activism. But he's saying it got to be another way. But this isn't the way, no matter what, by any means necessary. This is not the way. So you got two people from different spectrums. And I think it's pretty much divided like that everywhere. And I think this is why the the death of Makia Bryant will be forgotten. It's circumstantial. And I think people have an issue Anytime the person isn't a victim. In order for people to protest, the black person has to be hopeless and a victim. And that's why George Floyd was so important because that black man was on the ground crying for his dead mother. So it was important that we all protest. But any other time? No. If the black person showed that they're strong or they show that they're not... They're not being content with the situation. People want to use every reason to justify why that black person was killed. 
They're going to use every reason. I mean, look at North Carolina, what's going on there. They said that man was executed in his driveway. And the state won't release the video. And matter of fact, they have put more officers from out of the town. They put them in the town for security purposes. Just in case the video is released or leaked or something. And people erupt in protest. This is going down. The judge is really hiding the video from being released to the public. I mean, this is what is going on? And it's perfectly legal. It is legal. But I just think in a time we're living in where everything is so transparent, where the death of Makia Bryant was released, the video was released that night. The death of Dante was that night in Brooklyn City, uh, Minnesota. It was that night or the next day. The video was released. The videos are coming out faster because cities want to enhance transparency within the public. So that way it doesn't look like they're hiding something. Because a lot of the times when people die, we don't even know the story. We don't even hear the story until years later. I mean, look at the lady, the librarian lady, 66 years old or something like that. She's driving down the road. I guess she doesn't hear the sirens or doesn't see the sirens. She thinks that they're following someone else, but they're really following her. At least four cars. They had to damn and take her car out with the little spikes. <laughs> they released the video on that too. You could YouTube it. She was pulled out her car. And the cop was on record calling her a fucking retard. That's what the cop called her. Here's an old lady who have gave her life to service. And the cop called her a retard. That's not excessive force, but that's what we're talking about. It's a difference between excessive force and racist police officers who kill innocent black people. And as long as those things are combined and as long as we don't understand the fight and we don't understand those differences... Well, bodies will continue to happen and laws will never be passed. And one thing Umar said in that interview was unique was that the first week Stop Asian Hate was given an executive order by President Biden. But yet black people was given no executive order whatsoever. And, you know, he connected it to Obama time because it's real. When Obama was president. He said that he couldn't do anything for black people because he was everyone's president. But Biden comes in and he's given individual races executive orders. And wonder why minority people feel the way they feel. And people wonder why. And people think that minorities are crying and minorities are helpless. But the truth is minorities are tired. Anyway, I'm out. Look forward to that episode coming out Monday. Um, It's going to be a great episode. You're going to love it. Peace. Draco. Soldier. She make it club, club, club.
She make it clap, clap, clap. She make it.